minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to this special edition of Anarchist World this week. Why is it special? No, not because you're listening I'm talking. It's special because I'm going to be at two places at once. Well, I'm broadcasting to the rest of Australia via the Community Radio Network. I'll also be broadcasting simultaneously at Community Radio Station 3CR in Melbourne. The uh, radio station Anarchist World this week comes from and uh, we're just trying to raise some money to keep the Station on air, but that's not your problem, that's our problem. So, here we go. You wonder what Anarchy is all about? Anarchy Society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power, that's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Very simple. Anarchist world this week. And why those concepts? The word anarchy is derived from the Greek anarchos, which means without rulers. What gives rulers power? Inequalities in power and wealth. The anarchist struggle is a struggle to devolve power. It's a struggle to share wealth. Very simple concepts. Create and share wealth and devolve power. Break down hierarchy, create an anarchist society. And I've always said the 21st century is an is a anarchist century. And why is it an anarchist century? Faced with the problems we're faced with globally. Faced with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, or the 21st century apocalypse. Increasing population growth. Finite resources. A world economy dominated by an economic system based on the creation of ever-increasing profits, irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs. And living on a planet with finite resources, we have issues, we have problems. And the best way to address those problems is not by giving more and more and more power to the few, but giving power to the many and using our collective resources, our collective intellect, our collective being to address these critical problems. And living in 21st century Australia, it really brings tears to your eye when you see the mundane, trivial little people that run this country. Not just the parliamentary puppets, but that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication who have one purpose in mind. They have one goal. They have one mantra. They have one chant to create ever-increasing profits 
ever-increasing profits for that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. They have no responsibility, national responsibilities. They have no responsibilities to the environment. They have no responsibility to parliament. They have no responsibility to anybody else except themselves. And 21st century world is a world where the few dominate the many, intellectually, physically, emotionally, environmentally, economically. Just look around you. Just look around you as if we were put on this planet to serve them. You know who they are. You know who they are in 21st century Australia. I don't pretend to be a genius. I'm sure people who listen to me aren't geniuses. We're ordinary people, but we understand that we live in extraordinary times. We have been through a revolution, a 40-year revolution based on four principles which we we speak about on this program ad nauseum. Deregulation, fancy word for saying... Let's remove all those rules and regulations which have been enacted by Parliament over the decades to protect ordinary people's interests and let the corporate sector do what they like. And we see what happens when we have deregulation. Then we have privatisation. That's basically giving up assets which have been created by the blood, sweat and tears of generations of Australians to the private sector at a bargain basement price. And to make matters worse... The federal government gives state governments a 15% bonus if they privatise a public asset. Criminal behaviour. Criminal behaviour. Then we have, you know, we have uh, globalisation. I mean, I believe in a world without borders, but they believe in a world without borders only for the corporate sector, only for transnational corporations, only for international finance. You break down your sovereign responsibilities, you put down your economic sovereign borders and you allow the corporate sector to do what they like. And then you've got corporatisation, the logical endpoint of a capitalist system where small industries are gobbled up by big industries to create great duopolies and monopolies in the world. And if there's one place in the world where we have an issue... With corporatisation, it's Australia. And every day, you suffer the price, your children suffer the price, your grandchildren suffer the price. We are now creating a two-tier system, not just a two-tier economic system, but a two-tier social system, a two-tier political system, a two-tier social security system, a two-tier health system, a two-tier education system. If you've got the money to buy, the best education money can buy, the health, best health care money can buy, the best resources money can buy, well, you are flying. Because in the land of milk and honey, in the land of opportunity, we have laws in place which reward investors. What other country in the world, let alone the universe, gives people a tax deduction for owning two homes but can't help people buy one roof over their heads. What other society in the world has commercialised housing? Just extraordinary. 
and we sit there and we accept it. Day after day, day after day, we accept it. Think about it. We are, as they say, in a period where the times are changing. And how they change will ultimately depend on you. That's right, little old you. How they are changing will depend on you. You understand that? They will depend on you. We can be despondent, depressed about the state of the world and withdrawing to ourselves, buy that, you know, download a bit of extra music, have a little bit, bit of extra porn on the net, get involved in some game, watch some, you know, crappy video on YouTube or whatever. Or you can start living. You can start taking personal responsibility. You can become involved in a growing movement that has said enough is enough. We need to tip over the deregulation apple cart. We need to tip over the corporatisation apple cart. We need to tip over the privatisation apple cart. We need to tip over the globalisation apple cart. And in short, there are apples for all, not just the people who own the cart or are pushing the cart, but apples for all. It's a simple analogy. Most life is so bloody simple. And we make it so complex. We think it's so complex. And that's part of the problem. Everybody thinks it's complex. Everybody thinks you need experts to resolve things. And you don't. And then it gets worse. We see the creation of political movements which are based on stigmatising, ostracising the other in our community. It makes us feel better. If we can point our finger at some identifiable group and say, it's their fault I haven't got a job. It's their fault there isn't enough money for decent health care. It's their fault I haven't got a roof over my head. And if only we could get rid of the other, as the Nazis did in Germany with the Jews and the Gypsies, if only life would be better. And we are seeing political movements and parties in this country which are growing on the back of that hatred for the other. Whether it's this nation's First Nation people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, whether it's immigrants, whether it's refugees, and the list goes on and on, the other. But at the same time, we are seeing a growing social political and environmental movement that says the key to the solution to the is- our issues we face as a community, we face as a sovereign nation, is not the other. The key to breaking down the two-tier health system, to breaking down the two-tier education system, to breaking down these divisions in society is to identify who profits. Who profits? Who pulls the parliamentary strings? <laughs> Who are the parliamentary puppet masters? You don't have to look far. It's very simple. Have you ever wondered why there's never any legislative 
attempt to ensure the rich and powerful pay their fair share of tax? Have you wondered why the whole discussion we have constantly in this country is about terrorism or crime? Have you wondered why it's the negative news stories which have such a capture our imagination, not mine and yours, but the imagination of our fellow citizens and residents? Have you wondered why it's important that our political masters create this climate of fear? A climate of fear. When you compare how peaceful Australia is to the rest of the bloody world, you begin to understand that this climate of fear is politically generated in order to push people into a specific political direction. More laws, harsher sentences, throw away the key, extraordinary stuff. Remove rights and liberties, common law rights and liberties we've been, you know, taken for granted for so long to protect us, to protect us, not from the state, but from terrorism. Obviously, obviously political terrorism is an issue. But it's not the issue it's made out to be in Australia. It's not that much of an issue. Obviously, if you're caught up in it, it is an issue. But it is not the national issue it's made out to be. And it's made out to be this huge national issue that we face every day in order to cow us with fear, in order to make us frightened of our shadows, in order for us to allow governments to legislate away rights and liberties we've held for generations. Because... When these rights and liberties are legislated away, don't forget, it's not just for the potential terrorist threat, but it's for everybody. Everybody is involved in dissent. And these same laws can be used to criminalise dissent. And they are used to criminalise dissent on a regular basis. And we will see as more and more laws of the, these laws are enacted, the more difficult it will be to be involved in dissent. For example, if you're involved in a simple occupation, you can be jailed for up to 25 years. If you're involved in an organisation which the government doesn't like, the Attorney General can close you down. Anybody who supports that organisation after it's closed down can be jailed for up to 25 years. I'm not making this up. This is the law. And Australia is particularly vulnerable to this mass hysteria. Because in Australia, the Constitution does not protect the individual. There is no arbitrary arbitrary protection of the individual against the state. There is nothing, nothing in our constitutional arrangements which protects you. The government of the day giveth and the government of the day taketh away. 
and we see them removing what are described as common law rights and liberties because these common law rights and liberties are not enshrined in the Australian Constitution. And that means any government at any time, which is a majority in both Houses of Parliament, can remove these common law rights and liberties. And if you think I'm making this up, look at a few high court, recent High Court cases. The Australian High Court can only find an implied right to free speech in the Australian Constitution. There is no right to free speech in the Australian Constitution. There is an implied right which is limited to political campaigns within an election period. There is no implied right in the Australian Constitution for workers to be able to withdraw their labour. That's why there is legislation in place which makes it illegal. It makes an offence punishable by huge fines and a jail sentences if workers remove their labour outside a, a defined enterprise bargaining agreement period. So there is no right to free speech. There is no right to withdraw in your labour. There is no right to a social security system in the Australian Constitution. There is no right to decent health care. There is no right to having a roof over your head. There is no right to a public education. There is a right to freedom of religious expression under the Australian Constitution. And there is a right to receive compensation if your property is taken by the state against your will. But they're about the only two rights. The Australian Constitution is essentially a document that regulates relationships between the central government, the federal government, and the state government. It does not protect you. It's a little bit like going out in the rain with a tissue cloak. That's what the Australian Constitution is. It's a tissue cloak. A few raindrops and it falls off your body. It provides no protection for the individual and for groups from the arbitrary exercise of state power. And that's why you see people like the Attorney General, Mr Dutton, future Prime Minister of this country, if he can roll Mr Turnbull, you know, and if you look at the Murdoch media, they have been gunning for Turnbull and they've been pushing their little boy, Mr Dutton, you know, Peter Dutton, as the heir apparent... I mean, Tony, well, he's damaged goods. Forget about Tony. He's finished. You know, he's Lazarus, with, he's Lazarus without a triple bypass. He's gone. He, his God's no longer looking after him. But Peter's the boy. Look at him. He's trying to get as much power as possible. Power to determine who is a citizen. That's right. Could you imagine that? Power to determine who will become a citizen will finally rest in the hands of the Immigration Minister. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary stuff. People shrug their shoulders and say, well, we need to do that to protect ourselves against terrorism. Think about it. And it gets worse. Over the last 24 hours, we've seen a concerted attack on the judiciary. Don't expect me to defend the judiciary, a capitalist judiciary. 
you know, who basically makes the decisions on the laws which are enacted by Parliament, which are basically designed to protect the interests of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication in, in a variety of ways. But, theoretically, there is a separation of power between the judiciary and the state. When the state becomes judge, jury and executioner, you have a dictatorship. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the centralisation of power away from the judiciary into the hands of the state. It's no longer a separate organisation. And if you think the three, you know, uh, Commonwealth ministers who've put up their hand and carried on while an appeal is going, could you imagine that? While an appeal is going by the Director of Public Prosecutions regarding a recent sentence put on a terrorist, um, a convicted terrorist who had a plot, you know, to run over a police officer, cut off his head and then shoot any uh, bystanders, right? While the department, while the Department of Public Prosecutions is appealing the original sentence, we've got three ministers—not backbenchers—three ministers of the Commonwealth government coming out and attacking the judiciary. This isn't, you know, an accident. This is a concerted attempt by the federal government to use fear to ensure its re-election at the next federal election. And if you think the next federal election is going to be in 2019, think again. It's quite likely the next federal election will be in August, September 2018. That term bill will go early for a variety of reasons, including economic reasons. And also because he's concerned about being knifed in the back by his own party. So this concerted, opportunistic attempt to create unnecessary fear in the community has been designed to push the elderly into the hands of the coalition government at the next election. That's what's it designed for, and we'll see it over and over and over and over again. The old law and order auction. Five years, 10 years, 15, 25, 30, life. The old law and order auction. It's a political auction. It's not an auction about protecting the community, although they use the phrases, we are here to protect the community. First and foremost, we are here to protect the community. It's not about protecting the community. It's about creating fear in order to control people creating fear in order to corral them down a conservative pathway. Because this Commonwealth government knows it is in deep shit. It is in deep trouble. Because it cannot put through its legislative agenda, irrespective of what you think about the crossbenchers, at least, at least three or four of them are stymieing the government's attempt to introduce draconian changes to the social security system, draconian changes to education and health care in order to save money. 
That's the word, save money. And why do they need to save money? In a land of four, 24 million people living, living on a continent, why do they need to save money in a resource-rich country? Why do they need to save money in the 12th largest economy on planet Earth? Why do they need to save money? And they need to save money because they continue to rely on the pay as you earn taxpayer for income. I mean, we all hear about the good corporate citizens. Well, think about it. One third of our good corporate citizens pay no tax. The other third pay voluntary taxation. And maybe another third, maybe small business, pay a little bit of tax because they can't afford the uh, smart accountants to uh, get them out of the responsibility of paying tax. And if you think I'm kidding, and that's why there's never enough money. There's never enough money for Social Security. There's never enough money for public education. But there is public money for private education. There's never enough money for public health, but there is five or six billion dollars every year of public money which goes into the private health insurance industry. Right? So these things happen consistently over time. They happen consistently over time. There's never enough money for everybody else because corporate Australia pays voluntary taxation. That's what they do. They pay voluntary taxation. They don't do anything else. They just pay voluntary taxation. Extraordinary, isn't it? Extraordinary. When you think about it, extraordinary. That we allow this state of affairs to go. Now, what has 40 years of deregulation, privatisation, globalisation and corporatisation brought you? Higher prices greater monopolies and duopolies, less parliamentary control over the economy, no wage rises for years, squeeze on social security benefits, the destruction of the social elevator which allowed children to actually leave the situation they found themselves in through education. A tertiary education system which is based on making profits and not looking after the interests of the people who use those tertiary education institutions. A system where there's no work for an increasing number of people or part-time, poorly paid work. For example, 7-Eleven caught with their hand in, the po- in their, uh, in their uh, workers' pockets has already paid out 100 $10 million in back wages. Now, this is a huge transnational corporation that has outlets in almost every corner of this land. One in three petrol stations. Shops all over the place. $110 million in back pay. Where is the regulator? Where was the regulator? Asleep at the wheel while all this happened? In Ballarat, Ballarat Trades Hall has done a survey, that's Ballarat in Victoria, which is a city of about 80 to 100,000 people, and they found that under 21s, only 
40% were receiving award wages. And these aren't fly-by-night, bodgy type of enterprises, but real enterprises, real enterprises, big businesses, medium-sized businesses. It's become a joke. Legislation has become a joke in terms of protecting people's rights. It is a joke. Listen to the, this special edition of the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scanner. I'm hosting today's program. This is a special edition because I'm doing two programs simultaneously. Well, I've uh, pre-recorded this the night before, so I may not be 100% up to what's happening in the world today. But uh, at the same time, this show is going around. This uh, program is going around Australia in Melbourne town the home of uh, Community Radio 3CR. I'm involved in the uh, yearly radiophon, trying to raise over $10,000 in an hour to keep 3CR on air, one of the most radical community radio stations and self-managed community radio stations in this country. So but at the same time, I value all the listeners via the community radio network in every state and territory in this country because it's people like you that are going to make changes You're going to make real changes because it's people like you who've had enough who want change. Now, how can you do it? Obviously, you can do it by protests and strikes and the list goes on and on. But have you ever thought of joining public interests before corporate interests? Have you ever thought of joining public interests before corporate interests? As I said before, there will be a federal election one year early in August, September 2018 because the government is already trying to massage the message in such a way as to create the conditions for an early elections which they think they may win because they know that if they wait the four, three-year period, they haven't got a hope in Hades, a hope in hell, snowflakes chance in hell of winning the next federal election. Because things they are changing. So they've decided to go on a Trump expedition, a Groper expedition, you know, President Groper expedition. They've decided to create fear in the community when that fear isn't required. They've decided to attack the courts. They don't attack the media in this country because the media has always been friendly. The corporate-owned media not just the government gilded at ABC, but more like corporate-owned media, especially the Murdoch Empire, has always been very friendly, very friendly to the Liberal National Party. And currently, we are seen, as I said before, the corporate-owned media trying very, 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 very hard to put up Peter Dutton as the next Prime Minister of this country. They're working very hard hand in hand with the dinosaurs in the Liberal National Party to put Peter in Dutton, in Turnbull's place, because they're concerned. And you know why they're concerned? They're concerned because their position on climate change is becoming untenable, totally untenable. Ignore what the groper has done with the United States of America you know, that's a basket case. The man is incapable, incapable of ruling, you know, of, you know, of a winning a chook raffle, let alone governing 
the United States of America. I mean, it's buffoonery at its best. I look at the groper and I think, wow, maybe, maybe he should be in court with Bill Cosby. Let's see what happens there, eh? I mean, Cosby's in court, groper's president of the United States. Wonderful world we live in. Apologies to uh, Louis Armstrong. So getting back to what I was saying, it's a position we're in. You can be, irrespective of what we think of parliamentary democracy, irrespective of what we think of the parliamentary puppet masters, the corporate sector, that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, irrespective, there is some leeway in getting involved in parliamentary politics. Unfortunately, in this country, most of the major political parties are not up to scratch. Their policies are not up to scratch. Even the Greens, under the leadership of Mr uh, Di Natale, Dr Di Natale, has gone to take in a right-wing turn. So in a situation like that, when we've got people like the you know, Divided Nation Party under Pauline Hanson and a host of other, you know, grouplet parties that really, really are basically apologists for conservative and reactionary politics, it's time to create a new political party. A political party like the one Bernie Sanders was talking about. Well, Mr... Jeff, Jeffrey, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, we've just seen him in uh, England, because the winds of change are here. And the winds of change are here because the young have been frozen out of society. The elderly, fearful, people like me, fearful, you know, my compatriots, fearful of their own shadow, fearful of the money in their superannuation fund, fearful of the future, have battened down the hatches and are calling for, you know, the the radicals of the 60s. The radicals of the 60s and early 70s have become the conservatives and reactionaries of the 21st century, of the second decade of the 21st century. They are the reactionaries. They continue to want to pull the parliamentary strings. But the young are stirring. And they're stirring because they are no future generation. There is no future for the young under the current economic social system we have today. What many of the young are looking at are part-time employment, lifelong unemployment, harassment by a social security department has been turned into a cudgel against the one in three Australians who rely on social security benefits to survive. That's what we are seeing today. The young are beginning to stir because they can't even access the basic necessities of life. And those young people who don't have parents, who've got deep pockets, 
are at the forefront of that resistance. Not organised, but a desire to see change occur. And we need to be able to harness that desire for change. And that's why we've created public interest before corporate interests. A new political party which is for the many, not the few. Public interests before corporate The many, the public. The many, the public. The many, the public. Corporate interests. The few, the few, the few. Public interest before corporate interests is based on that concept. We have over 330 members who are now on the electoral roll. We've got over 700 members, but only about 330 are on the electoral roll. We need another 220 members in the next few months so we can register public interest before corporate interest as a political party. We need those members soon because as I said before, I can smell a federal election in the offering within 12 to 14 months from now. Anybody in the know knows that that's what the government is doing. Clearing the decks, thinking they can actually wipe out the crossbenchers in a May, a May type election. Yeah. Well, there's delusional thinking everywhere. It's not just, just among us. I mean, they're delusional if they think they're going to win, but they're going to have a go. So we need to have a go. We need to be a registered political party. So if you think that's, what's the point? What's the point? It'll never work. Well, I've heard a lot of people talk to me about what's the point, it'll never work, and they usually roll up in a ball and shoot something up their arm or snort something up their nose or, you know, take another pill or, you know, have a look a bit more porn on the net or, uh, you know, get RSI from, uh, you know, liking things on the net or uh, going cross-eyed on YouTube, and the list goes on and on. Well, you can do that if you wish. That's what they want you to do. That's what they love you to do. They love us to turn on each other. They love us to point at the other. They love us to form organisations which bolster, bolster their presence in society. So I'm not talking about violence. They love violence. Violence is their bread and butter. And that's why we are seeing this campaign, this so-called campaign against the judiciary in Victoria, concerted effort by Liberal Party politicians to engender fear in the community. They love violence. If there's no violence, they will create violence. They enjoy it. It's their reason for existence. They're there to protect the community through their laws and their courts and their police and their armed forces. They love it. So what we need is mass peaceful action. We need to draw the devil, the iron glove, from the velvet glove of the state. We need to show them through our resolve and peaceful endeavours that we cannot be crushed. We cannot be stopped because we are the future. They're the past. They hang on. It's a little bit like a shipwreck. There's people who hang on to the debris 
and finally succumb and those who get into the lifeboat and roll away. We need to get into that lifeboat and we need to roll away from the carnage, the social, political, economic carnage that we're faced with as a civilization, as a people. So I implore you to join public interest before corporate interest. Go to the website, pipsy.net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Download the application form. Go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the public. Toscano, the number for the public. See the activities I'm involved in? You can do the same. You can do the same. It just takes a little bit of imagination, a little bit of courage, a little bit of effort, and you can do the same. You can do the same. And you can do it today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till the next paycheck. You don't have to wait till the kids are growing up. You don't have to wait till the grandkids are growing up because then it's too late. It's always tomorrow. 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 It should be about today. So join us. I'm Secretary for Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Download the application form. You haven't got a computer? You can always write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Haven't got a pen? Haven't got a stamp? You can always leave a message on 0439 395 489. Leave a contact address. We'll send you out an application form. It doesn't cost anything. It's simple. Fill out the bloody form. Send it back. Send you out a membership card. We'll keep you informed. You remember, we register the political party. We go out there. It's a new world. It's a new dawn. It's a new dawning. We need to build that new society based on egalitarian principles in the shell of the old because all we have is a shell. More and more people are being left behind. Not just a little minority, but a significant number of people are being left behind. The one in three Australians on social security benefits who live on, I expect to live on between 250 and $500 a week, are being left behind. Men, women and children. And of those 33%, at least a third are children. Over a million children live in poverty in this rich nation because the corporate sector pays voluntary taxation because Parliament is not willing to pass the legislation that is necessary to ensure the future of the many. That's what we're faced with on a daily basis, on a daily basis. Think about it. It doesn't take much to join. It doesn't matter if you're in Udnadatta or Darwin or Perth or Broome or Launceston or Byron Bay or Sydney or Brisbane or Cairns or Thursday Island or Adelaide or Lawler, Gawler or Port Augusta 
They're on King Island, Hoflinders Island, on the Torres Strait, Stradbroke Island. It doesn't matter. Or in Canberra. It doesn't matter. Or in Darwin or other springs, Tennant Creek. It doesn't matter where you are. If you want to join public interest before corporate interest, you can do it today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can do it today. And why? Because then we can be a force for change. Now, I'm willing, with a little bit of assistance, to go anywhere in this country and address a public meeting which you organise regarding public interest before corporate interest. As the Secretary of Public Interest before corporate interest, I am willing to travel. If you organise the meeting, give us a bit of assistance with the travel costs, I will come to your town and talk about public interest before corporate interest and encourage people to join because we need to do this now because the time will soon lapse over. The next election, another three years, another three years, another three years, another three years. And it goes on and on ad infinitum. I'll be 66 in a few months' time. And for the last, since 1968, that's 49 years, I've been involved in radical activity in this country on many, many issues. But all the issues are... are, uh, (coughs) surrounded about the concepts of devolving power, giving power back to the people and redistributing wealth, finding new ways to create wealth. For example, give you a simple example. Look at the current pathetic debate about climate change. Look at those pathetic people in the Liberal National Party and my apologies to federal, to pathetic people comparing you to the Liberal National Party, you know. You know, look at them. They're fighting, fighting amongst themselves to protect coal. Fighting. They're talking about electricity prices. They can't even see the future. They can't see that it's their children who are going to have to suffer. They can't see that climate change doesn't stop magically at the border, that it is a universal global issue fighting among themselves it's just extraordinary and Mr Frankel or Dr Frankel or Professor Frankel whoever he is you know his little watered down opinions regarding the way to, even those little watered down opinions would still find a place for coal and gas and diesel and petrol even they can't even swallow that. It's just extraordinary. It's extraordinary. These are the type of people that sell you. They would sell you tickets on the last train ride to hell. These are the type of people that we're dealing with. And when you look at the Labor Party, it's the same story to a significant degree. They want change, but they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. They want change. They don't want to bite that hand. They want to do it in an orderly fashion. Well, the time for an orderly fashion has changed. Whether it's the United States 
or Britain or France or Vietnam or Bangladesh or Cambodia or Norway or Switzerland or Estonia or Russia or the Japan or North or South Korea. The situation for all of us as people on this planet as far as climate change is concerned is the same. Increasing human activity, increasing greenhouse emissions, increasing temperature, increasing temperature, increasing sea levels, increasing tropical diseases. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And all we can think about is how are those poor corporations that control the coal mines, how are they going to survive? How are we going to build more coal mines when the world is turning away from coal mines? How are we going to survive? How are we going to survive if electricity prices go up? What a mundane, trivial, pathetic group of people. Mundane, trivial, pathetic. Cannot see the forest for the trees cannot see what is happening around them because in many cases their palms are greased by a corporate sector that understands that in order to delay the inevitable they need to control the parliamentary processes and you and I every day allow them to control this. So that's the situation we find ourselves in. Every day, you find yourself in that situation. You have children, you have grandchildren, you have friends, you have people you know around the globe who you care for, who you love. But you feel totally powerless, hopeless, fed on a diet of gloom and doom, fed on a diet of our inability to change the future, that we need to leave it in the hands of experts, that we need to leave it in the hands of the corporate sector, that we need to leave it in the hands of Parliament. But ultimately, ultimate political authority rests in the hands of the people. It doesn't rest in the boardrooms in this nation. It doesn't rest in Parliament. It doesn't even rest in the state. Ultimate political authority in a democratic society rests in the hands of the people. And it's no point shooting willy-nilly, pointing the rifle at the other, thinking that if we get rid of the other, as the Nazis did, that somehow we'd create a new world. It doesn't work like that. What we need to do is we need to break down those barriers which exist, which allow individuals, corporations to usurp power and usurp the parliamentary process and use that power to promote their interests before the interests of the community as a whole. That's what public interest before corporate interest means. The many, the public, the few, 
corporations. It's a very simple concept. It's about devolving power. It's about changing the political processes from a parliamentary process to a direct democratic process. It's about having delegations instead of representatives. It's about ensuring that we as a community look after the interests of each and every one of us because it's in my interests to look after the interests of the people around me. If I don't, we create division. We create the potential for violence. We create the potential for crime. That's what we do when we forget the other, when we point the rifle at the other, when we ignore our responsibility as citizens to our community. Because that's what makes us human. The fact that we care, not just about the people in our family group, not just about the people we have genetic links with, but we care about the people we live and work with because we know that our future is intertwined with their future. You can have a future based on hate and violence or a future where you interact and work together. That's what anarchism is about. It's about creating a society without rulers. Not without rules, but without rulers. It's about devolving power. It's about sharing wealth. It's about creating new waves of creating wealth. Because we don't have to do things this way we always do them. Things can change. Human history is about change. It's about people changing what they did. It's about saying enough is enough. The time for change has come. It's about the many, not the few. And that's what we are seeing. We are seeing around the world this division breaking down. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, this special edition of The Anarchist World this week. To everybody in Australia, except the people of Melbourne, they deserve not to hear it because we're doing a radio fine. That number, 0439 395 489, my own personal Facebook page, Toscana, number four, the public, anarchistmedia.org. Uh, go to that to have a look at what's going on. Uh, pibci.net, download an application form, as I said before. You can twiddle your thumbs or you can get involved. Download an application form, do it now. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week across the nation on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast. Pretend it's your podcast. Use it to further your ambitions to create a community based on justice where power is divided amongst each. Thank you once again. That plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh!